right, start yeah. the show. Uh, you guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Cereal. It's me, Dan Grimshay, your host with kind of the most, with a side <laughs> of toast. Uh, I've also got, uh, oh, who have I got here? I'm looking around the room. I got Mark E. right here. Mark E., uh, why don't you speak up? Tell the people what you're about. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. <laughs> I've also got, it looks like, Mr. James Lazinski, the gent himself. Is that you in the corner? Hey, howdy, hey, listeners, it is. How you doing, Dan? How you doing, Mark? Hey, good to see you. It's been a while. Oh, thanks Thanks for joining together, guys. Uh, I I bet you're wondering why I called you all here. Uh, Listeners, I'm I'm looking at you, too. Well, because it's time, once again, to talk about Superman. Oh, yes, there's never enough Superman, and we got... Two Superman two on Superman. this episode. See, that seems like going too far. We should have something to balance two Superman out. We have two Lex Luthers in this Ooh, show. Oh, you saw that coming. I know. It's going to be awesome. We have, uh, actually, this, these are a couple of interviews that recorded last year. We have not had the time to put them out because we've been saving them for a very special occasion. Um, and now is the time. We're going to be talking to, well, actually, Jimmy, the... Uh, our uh, friend of the show, Jimmy, actually had the opportunity to talk to Smallville's uh, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum. So we have a Clark and a Lex. And then after that, he actually got to talk to Superman, the animated series, Superman, Tim Daly and Clancy Brown. So we got two Supermen, two Lex Luthers all in one show. It's a super show. There, you can't argue with that logic. I dare you to try. <laughs> Super duper show. Yeah. Super duper show? Super duper yep. show. It's, uh, it gets its power from our yellow sun. Which, uh, speaking of which, you guys are going to have to lead me through all the mythos here. The Superman guy, I don't know much about it. I believe Earth is for Earthlings. If you're not born here, stay <laughs> on your little rocket ship and keep going. Uh, but, uh, hey, apparently well, you apparently, guys like him. Apparently, Dan, we've got a, a serious uh, problem with our planetary borders. That's Oh, that's, yep, we, have, we have aliens. Yep, yep. Uh, and just crash landing. Anybody can just uh, hurl a chunk of rock with a baby in it, and suddenly they're American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what Superman is. It's, it, it is the immigrant story. It's like the Moses going down the river it's just in this case there's no river and there's no moses Moses has heat there's a cow and moses has heat vision yeah that's basically what it is and it's um this this whole thing this whole superhero thing uh 
it, you know, if you go on the CW, it's loaded with superheroes. But there was actually a time in history where there was just one superhero show, and that was called Smallville. And that was released in 2001. Last year was the 20th anniversary. I can't believe it's been 20 years. And they release all of the episodes. Uh, I think it was 4K or Blu-ray at the very least. I think it was 4K. Um, so it's actually out and it's available now, celebrating its 20th anniversary. It's crazy that it's been that freaking long. Um, and it's a show that I got to experience in real time because I was watching it. And it felt like I was kind of alone. Well, there was me and a bunch of probably like 12, 13-year-old girls watching it. Uh, but I really liked that show. Yeah, it was a really good show. And, and uh, I, I, I was super, super jealous that Jimmy here got invited to interview these two guys. And I was so jealous that I actually kind of eavesdropped and I got to kind of watch it as it was happening. So I was in the room virtually. Is that right, Jimmy? You were so yes. you were like Zoom lurking. Yeah, was, I was. Yeah, I was like Zoom behind the window. I was you quietly know. trying to get the stain out of his satin underwear while I <laughs> uh, talked to Tom Welling and Rosie. I, I call him Rosie and Michael Rosenbaum, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, who yeah. play Clark Kent and um, Lex Luthor. Yeah, I just thought it was a huge, huge, huge deal to like be able to talk to these guys. Um, and you know they've they have both kind of returned to like the geek community a little bit um, over the last couple of years, but um, it was something that you could see the actual the like evolution of superhero TV starting from Smallville when there was you know famously no tights no flights and into the kind of you know, Power Rangers shows that you see now, um, you know, like everyone's in tights and everyone's in flights. Um, but it well, was a really cool thing to that's see. That's a good idea for a superhero show. But I, I'm not here to it's, debate the merits of a Superman show without a single Superman appearance. I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't bring up that it was originally pitched as a Bruce Wayne story, uh, a a, a, a series a chron chronicling the young adventures of Bruce Wayne's journey towards Batman. But that didn't seem to get enough interest. So they, they went with the idea of the Superman origin story, which seemed to have a little more meat on the bone as, as far as drama and being able to write a monster of the week and such things. Well, with that <laughs> Iowa setting, too, it just makes more sense. It's, not, it's uh, Kansas. But huh. yeah. really? Smallville, 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 Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. always yeah. thought it was Smallville, Iowa. Nope. Oops, Kansas. Oh, Glad we could. Any other misconceptions we should get out of the way? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just knock all these down. Uh, from the Andromeda Galaxy? <laughs> Krypton? I, uh, Krypton. It's pronounced Krypton. Everybody knows Krypton. that. Well, I think we all know yeah, he was yeah. born in Krypton Heights. <laughs> right. That's good. Yeah. He yeah. just said Krypton, so he didn't get beat up. <laughs> yeah, man. This, this show was just... Uh, I thought it was... It was... It was a harbinger of what was to come, and it it lasted ten seasons. I think it was that's a, that's, long a, a that's career. yeah that's an amazing feat. Um, and uh, you know now I think um, Supernatural has broken that. I think it was like twelve years or maybe thirteen seasons, um, but that was really something else. I mean, um, if you like look. If you look at all of the superhero shows, like uh, 
the the Hulk was only like three seasons, I think. Wonder Woman, I think, was like three seasons, maybe four at the most. You know, any superhero show, Spider-Man was not even a full season. You know, so like, like all these shows were just a very, very short run. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it what it what it was about this show specifically, other than maybe just kind of timing. You know, it was clearly done really well, but it was just the it was time for the superhero show to start to take flight. See, I've always kind of Pun felt intended. like you know the the demographic they were going for, especially uh, you and thirteen year old girls, seemed like mm-hmm. they were you know trying to get at the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because I feel like that was yeah. Would that was that CW? Well, the WB. Oh, the WB. So I feel like yeah. they were I like. I think the kids call the it YA. For yeah. us. You know, this yeah. is the one that's drawing us the young viewers we can keep for ten years. What else can we do like that? And would you say Buffy the Vampire Slayer deserves any credit? Is a kind of a superhero show in itself. I think it is. Sure. Absolutely. And I, again, I think those were kind of all kind of happening. Um, I think what Buffy and Smallville kind of have is they were both kind of the Amber Crombie and Fitch on TV, you know, kind of shows, you know, where there's like these really good looking people. They're all kind of hooking up together. And I think Tom Welling was literally discovered as an Amber Crombie and Fitch model. <laughs> um, and, it's just like you just kind of put all these good-looking people on TV, you give them a little melodrama and some superpowers, and it just takes off. And uh, I think that's what they and did. And it writes itself, right? It, yeah. it totally writes itself. In fact, it, yeah. for the CW, it yeah. wrote itself like a good dozen times between that and Arrow and Vampire Diaries. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they I think really it... mined that, uh, that mineral. Yeah, and like they, they, they even... they. They really mixed it well with like Superman, you know, with Clark growing up, you know, like um, there was this um, there's a lot of there's a lot of this. But um, when he's learning his powers, sometimes they're they're driven by his body changing, I guess, for lack of a better term, like his like growing up. So his 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 heat vision was triggered by him being aroused. So every time he would be aroused, like fire would shoot out of his eyeballs and like he started a fire at school because the substitute teacher was a super hottie, you know? I gotta just point um, out, just as an evolutionary trait, that is not gonna work. Yeah, it's pretty dangerous, right? And so, but then that whole episode turns into him learning how to harness it. And... um Figuratively, of course. And then, like, uh, how to, like, kind of control it and then kind of use that so that when he has to rely on that power, he can. And so by the end of the episode, it's a power that he can rely on. And a lot of the early seasons was kind of Clark, you know, growing up into these powers, learning how to harness them and master them. And so Smallville becomes basically his training ground. So it's all a metaphor for sexual male aggression. Yeah, kind of. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but also how to kind of control it, I think is like the bigger story here because, you know, there's a lot of testosterone and, you know, and tell if it's me, unchecked. Lex Luthor looks very much like a giant penis. 
Does this figure into it somehow? <laughs> I'm sure it's in there too. You know, I think um, I think he's very he is he, he, he is was a bit of a much, dick, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was he was very driven by insecurity, and he was always jealous of Clark, and it's that's established pretty early uh, in the series, and that's pretty much every series. Anytime you ever see. Uh, Clark versus Lex. Um, it's That's the same thing. That's how I thing. remember being described to me in like uh, the Superboy cartoon when I first learned about the two characters having a shared mm-hmm. history. But he, even then, you know, the bald white. I mean, he looks like a circumcised villain. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue that, you know. And I don't, I don't know how um, explicit that symbolism was at the time, or how it continues to be. But you know, Lex is always bald, right? I mean, it's that's that's his character, you know. Um, whether it's a fashion choice or a chemical reaction to something, uh, Smallville took like this Gene whole Hackman crazy turn. Said, well, I'm not shaving the rest of my head. Yeah, yeah, he just put on a bald cap for that one scene where he shows his his Gene head. Hackman, the greatest criminal mind of our time. <laughs> <laughs> We have been blessed with amazing Lex Luthers in yeah. pop culture, um, and these guys are all a part of it. We have, uh, obviously, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who you're going to hear in a second, and then we're going to get into Clancy Brown, um, and hopefully we get to talk about his Lex Luthor and what the differences are between these two guys. Cause, um, but yeah, the, uh, the way that Smallville kind of handled it was just like, this is going to be... This is a show about teen angst and, you know, what that means to, um, you know, to somebody kind of growing up and kind of becoming the man that they're going to be. Um, and that's what that's what Smallville was. I, I thought it was great. I, I wish that you guys would watch it more <laughs> than 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 you have. I'm sure I've made you watch a couple of the episodes, but well, I'm um, just glad you finally yeah. found it at the tender age of 23. Yeah, I was 20. Yeah, that's 20 years ago. You're right. I was I was about 23. Yeah. And there was like, you know, it was like Dis- discovering it, your body along with Clark, like uh, yeah. arousal and what what powers it manifested when he found some hair down there? Uh, I don't remember that episode specifically. Um, and I don't think that any of them were as directly connected to puberty as the heat vision was. But every time, and, and is his you know, disguise like his Clark Kent disguise is is part of that old thing where like I'm just going to do it till I have to wear glasses, right? Um, yeah, I really think that it was. Sorry, guys, I got my phone going off yeah. like crazy here. Yeah, it's the professionalism that I, I admire. I don't know what the hell's going well, on. Well, I think uh, you um, should listen to your astromech droid. You got to make sure you're on course. Yeah, well, uh, but yeah, I forget. Uh, what did you ask me? Something again? burning back there, R2. See what you can do with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we all have trouble with our X-Wing. But uh, bringing it back to Superman, Lex Luthor. Uh, what did you, you guys, you say you've got an interview uh, with uh, Christopher Reeve and Gene Hackman for us? What? Well, who was it? Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, okay. You know what? That's That's even better. I'm glad that was the one you got. Uh, I think I think it's time we took a little break and listened to that. Uh, uh, Jimmy, would you like to do the honors? Magic interview machine, take us away. Oh, I dropped the ball. It should have been. Let me let me let me try that one again. All right, magic nah. interview machine. Nah, I don't think take so. us up 
And away. Uh, do it again. Yeah, let's so have a third time. Okay. okay, one more who, time. One more time. We're going to hear again. Let me, let me hear it. Give it to me. Okay, coming up, Michael Rosenbaum, Tom Welling, Magic Interview Machine. Take us up, up, and away. Take us up, up, and away. <laughs> Meanwhile. Hi, Jimmy. All right. What's up, fellas? Nice hat. Got the bat hat on. Let's do it. On. All right. Nice and cozy over there, guys. Oh, yeah. All right. First of all, let me say what a thrill this is. Thanks, Tom and Michael, for taking the time to allow me to throw a couple of lob, ball, uh, lob a couple of softballs at you real quick. Um, yeah. we, we're going to talk about Smallville, the complete series, coming to Blu-ray for the first time ever, October 19th. Can't wait. Okay. So Smallville was instrumental in ushering in the age of superheroes in pop culture. We didn't have a lot before that outside of comic books, right? A couple movies. What And uh, the series itself ushered superheroes into a new generation of fans. What was it that you guys latched onto as kids that brought you into the superhero world? What were you fans of? I was always a big Christopher Reeve fan. I was always, I love Superman, but I was never a big superhero fan. I was a big horror movie fan. So for me, you know, when I found that I got Lex Luthor, uh, I, I love Gene Hatman, but I knew I couldn't play it like he played because A, he's great, but it was also sort of a caricature. <laughs> and I know if I play like that, I don't think it would have longevity and I had to bring more of a grounded feel to make the show feel more grounded. And you, didn't, so, you didn't play a young Gene Hackman? I didn't play a young Gene Hackman. <laughs> but, uh, and I good, shaved my head. Choice. A lot of people still to this day ask me, did you actually shave your head? I'm like, yes, every day. Um, but also, the, as you said, we're very excited about the Blu-ray coming out October 19th, yeah. the way people should see it enhanced and really beautifully remastered. And we're excited about that. And um, for me, yeah, I mean, I was, I, I remember being in a robe or something or wearing a cape and running the house naked, pretending I was Superman, jumping like five stairs and things. Really? Like badass. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that stuff, but what was it for you? I mean, I didn't grow up watching any superhero stuff. Um, and that helped me, I think, playing Clark Kent because I didn't, I didn't know who Martian Manhunter was. I really didn't know who Lex Luthor was. I knew I was aware of him, but I was learning as Clark was learning. So I think it was very helpful, to be honest. Um, so uh, I think that does that answer the question. I mean, that's, that's I really it's in I, the neighborhood. To me, I was like, I have a job, and I don't want to lose my job, and I want to make this as awesome as I can. Yeah. That and I and I tried to keep that, and I still try to keep that. Um, and I think I was, was trying yeah. to play a kid in high school, trying to figure out who he was. And you were young. You were young when you started this. Yeah. So you were up behind the ears as well. So I think, you, or I think it was easier to jump into that. I mean, obviously, yeah. if you were older, it would be more difficult. But I think you just jumped into that. Well, you were you were wiser, more experienced. I mean, I hadn't I didn't know anything you had been in. Neither did I. But um, <laughs> I knew that you knew more than I did, and I just tried to follow your lead. Yeah. Well. Uh, so it was easier to have more experience cast around to lead you. Uh, I mean, thank God. I mean, thank thank Jarrell for putting these people around me. I mean, in a sense, with you know John Shire, Neto Tool, John Glover, Michael Rosenbaum, even Kristen and I trying to figure this stuff out. You know, like yes, like thank you, Alan Miles, for creating this world for me to try to learn it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is it true, Tom? that um, up until recently, it kind of bothered you a little bit when people referred to you as Superman instead of Clark Kent? Well, I mean, I've, I've been called worse, 
I right. Mean, <laughs> I've called you worse. You've called me worse. Certainly. Um, I think that, I, I think part of your question is like, as time has gone on, I'm like, okay, you know, I have a very good friend of mine who I still will say, he'll call me Superman and I'll be like, did I play Clark Kent? And he's like, would you shut the fuck? Like, you were Superman still. And he tells me like, Tom, like get over, you were Superman. And I was like, no, I didn't. But that, that's what kept Clark who he was for 10 years in a sense. And I'm, I maybe I'm softening a little bit, but I still never played Superman unless that moment, you know what I mean? Like that. He even, he even right. told that to Christopher Reeve, and Christopher Reeve says you're the best Superman ever. He goes, "Well, I'm not Superman. I'm not Superman." I told him. Well, you should be. Christopher yeah. Reeve told him, which I think is cool. Yeah. Well, that's really that is really cool. Wow. Uh, let me pull myself together. That's, <laughs> what about you, Michael? What it sounds like you love playing him on the show, Lex Luthor, and you still talk about it a lot. What's your relationship to that character? Uh, you know, it was the first time someone actually gave me a shot to see if I had the acting chops. I was playing a lot of goofy characters that weren't necessarily grounded and they were more comical. And this was the first time they said, hey, you know, they gave me an opportunity to be a real actor and, and show my chops. And so I'm forever grateful for that. And, uh, you know, it was a complex character that I, I got to explore and I you know, got to see some backstory and watch him evolve. And when I get, got to explode, it was another level of him. So, I, you know, it was never really boring for me. Um, I, I enjoyed playing the character. Do you mm-hmm. guys get like a jacket, like the Five Timers Club, or is there hangouts for Clarks and Lexes? Or when you go to DC parties, you guys got to gravitate, gravitate together? <laughs> I, I always just feel like other actors have, you know, surprisingly, as I've witnessed, they've just always respected the work that I put in, which is, which means more than any of them will probably know. But when they say, you know, I was interviewing on my podcast inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum, which I interviewed Tom and many other people on the podcast. I was interviewing Jason Alexander, George Costanza from Seinfeld. He's like, it was like a big deal. Oh, and he was like, my wife and I, you were the best Lex Luthor and you were, and I was like, you know, hearing these things just resonates and makes me feel so much better about myself and what I did with the role. Quite validated. Hey, yeah. what do you think is going to surprise fans the most from this new version or this remastering? Just the way they see it. It's, yeah. it's getting to see the show how it should be seen. If you watch it on DVD or DVD or 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 uh, on TV, or you're not seeing the show the way I think it was meant to be seen, and to see it in such high def, I think is does justice for the show. We had really brilliant cinematographers that stayed with the show. Um, that set the tone of the vision of like what, like lensing the show, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think that the Blu-ray, I'm hoping, cause I can't wait to see it too, is just gonna make all that pop. Like I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I hope they give us like 10 copies each. Uh, our friends are on this podcast or on this <laughs> Zoom. I know that they're gonna see Brothers, us. are you listening? We're doing a oh, lot yeah. of work here. We love, we were really, really excited to see the Blu-ray and, and we, you know, we're gonna have a little housewarming party uh with the blu-ray or a viewing party a viewing party oh yeah yeah put me on that list too either for the the blu-ray or the viewing party you guys like to go to the cons and hang out together do you what is it like when um you mentioned jason alexander but what about when these common folks come up and tell you how much clark has meant to you your performance as clark has meant to you tom i mean michael it means more than you would think like if having not gone and then going like when somebody says, I used to watch, you know, I grew up watching the show with my dad and he passed away last year. 
Mm. But this, you know, can you, you know, can you sign this? Because, I mean, it's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing because you don't. You're just trying to get through the day, or you're trying to make it seem good, or blah blah. Or like you say, you talk to these guys who are like, I was in the airport one time, and this guy came up to me, full fatigues, and uh, soldier going to Afghanistan, and he goes, "Hey, you that you that Superman guy?" And going back to your other question, and <laughs> in that moment, I go. I go, well, I mean, small, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to debate Clark Kent and, <laughs> sure. you know, in that moment. And he goes, yeah, you know, my sister sent me a box of DVDs, and I swear it was the last thing that we watched, but, man, thank you. Like, we're totally into it now. They got him through and whatever it was they were like, going through. Yeah. I get chills right now. Like, those guys yeah. are protecting us. And so it's it's very different than just doing, like, a press tour where right. really it's, it's a little more about, like, who are you and how do we, you know, get the dirt on you when you're at the fan stuff it's like it's all love it's like yeah. all happiness it's so it's man i wish everybody could feel it yeah we go yeah. to convention we do a thing called jimmy we do a thing called smallville nights where i wear the ball cap tom from flannel will read scenes we'll interact with yeah. fans they'll get to read scenes it's hilarious we, it's hilarious we do it at a lot of cons and the fans just eat it up and they're like they get to see us back together again and that's and just to see that mutual appreciation us of them them of us is you know you can't ask for anything better um are you guys going to be at san diego this year not in san diego we'll be at the la comic-con right on this came out uh five years before we had the big avalanche of superhero pop culture smallville did and now we've had every almost every character you can think of has had their own movie their own series in the wake of all this uh superhero love how would you think smallville would change now how would it how would it differ these days i don't i i mean it's such a that's like that's like talking to your therapist about like what would I would have done earlier in my life. It just would have been different. I don't know how. Yeah, it but was, it was a perfect. Yeah, it was perfect for all of us at that time. There was a simplicity to it. Um, it was family oriented. It was you know, we had the dark family like the Luthers, and we had the the nice family, the Kents, and um, it was just a lot simpler. And as, although we got darker and darker as the series went on and it had a little bit of something for everyone, um, it was a time. It was a time. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't know if you could uh, recreate that. Right on. Right on. Probably at not. The, at least for, you know, you know, in television movies, it's a 30 year cycle, right? Because everybody who watched a movie when they were five right. becomes executives 30 years later and they're 35 and now they're green lighting projects and it's usually remakes. Uh, so in I'll, 35, well, I guess now 10 years. Yeah. Because it's already been 20 years. So 20 have years. To, 20 have to reorganize years my stack of scripts. Yeah. 20 years since the start of Smallville. It's pretty pretty amazing that people can still watch it on Hulu and uh, get the Blu-rays. And Let me uh, bring this plane in for landing, fellas. Thanks so much for your time. When I was a, a little kid, I used to have to wake up super early on Saturday morning to beat my brother to the couch to get the good spot so I could watch my favorite cartoons, but I'd have to get up even earlier than my parents and beat them to the kitchen so I could pour myself a bowl of big sugary Saturday morning cereal. So Tom and Michael, what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal and what was your favorite cartoon? Oh, I love Lucky Charms. I love Fruit Loops. I love Cookie Crisp. Um, I like watching He-Man, the Masters of the Universe. I like watching old uh, episodes of Star Trek. Um, the Smurfs. <laughs> you? I, I, I do remember the Smurfs. I don't remember what I ate, to be honest. I remember the Smurfs, and then they tried the Snorks, which I was like, this is yeah. this is bad. 
But Who I was the other guys, the uh, the down underneath the doozer doesn't snort. No, they were uh, oh, yeah, the doze they built stuff, right? Let the music play, worries for another fraggle rock. Oh, yeah, I wasn't in ah. I was a GI Joe guy, but to be honest, I was a late night TV kid. I would wait till everybody went to bed, wake back, you know, sneak out, and I would watch Miami Vice, Magnum <laughs> PI. So I would watch at night. Right. I wasn't a Saturday morning. I was a Saturday night kid. Saturday early morning. Thanks, fellas. That's just about all I got. Smallville, the complete series coming to Blu-ray for the first time ever, October 19th. Uh, love the podcast inside of you, Michael, the band Sunspin. Uh, Tom's got professionals coming out soon. Anything else oh, thank you. for you real quick on the way out? Yeah, thank you. It's going to be awesome. It's fun. It's me, Brendan Frazier. We're having a great time in South Africa. It, it's it's a riot. Yeah, watch the trailer for it. It looks really exciting. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. it looks badass. <laughs> I'll be watching it. Right on, guys. Do me a favor. Have a great day. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Right on. Glad you stopped by for breakfast, Jimmy. Oh, excuse me a moment, will you? Hey, Mr. Kent, you're out of Kellogg's cornflakes. Look at the cover. There's a spare package. You mean there was a spare package? Well, how about running down the store and picking up another one? Cheapers, we've got to get to the office. There's no time. Who do you think I am? Superman? Uh, no. No, I don't think that. Out of Kellogg's cornflakes. Fine host he is. Superman did deliver Kellogg's cornflakes. He'd have a tough time keeping everybody happy. More people run out of them every morning than any other cereal. Because Kellogg's cornflakes taste best to more people. Always have, still do. Don't run out at your house. Remember, any time you buy cereal of any kind, pick up a spare package of Kellogg's cornflakes. <laughs> Superman is a capitalistic whore. Showing the cornflakes, sure huh? <laughs> yeah, it was one of the early, you know, serial sponsored shows was the you know, the very first Superman show. Uh, a lot of had, people don't know the early yeah. serials were sponsored by serials. Yeah, serials were sponsored by serials. It, it goes way back, man. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of purpose behind the old Saturday morning cereal moniker that we carry. That's right. That's right. Our That's pun right. is better than you think, you judgmental <laughs> a-holes. That's Welcome right. back to the show. Once again, that was uh, Tom Welling uh, and uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, they seem like actually good friends. Mm -hmm. And what I really liked about them, and they're, they seem still such fans of the property, it's been off the air for years. They have no reason to shill it. So yeah. it kind of felt more genuine. I agree. I think even given a little bit of time, they've come to appreciate it even more, you know, I think. Yeah. You know, good, yeah. And especially since, like, seeing where superhero shows are now compared to where they were, you know, because it started 10 years ago, lasted 10 years. So that means that it literally ended a decade ago. So they've had 10 years to see superhero shows, you know, kind of, um, you know, kind of take off. And I, I think that's it's kind of a cool position to have um you know it's not uh, clearly it's not the first live action superhero show you know we've 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 already named a few but um you just heard it, a, a clip from one uh yeah i think they maybe the first the commercials kind of basically in the show yeah jimmy there was a batman show right before the 
the George Reeves, right? Wasn't there a Batman show? No. Or? There was a Batman serial. Oh, that was like uh, like uh, Saturday afternoon that like, you'd go to the movies to see, similar to the okay. Superman one. But it wasn't on. Brought it to wasn't you by Kotex. It was feminine a, napkins. It might have been televised in syndication, <laughs> but I th- I think they used the Superman serial, starring George Reeves as the like sort of pilot for the Adventures of Superman, which was on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Good well, it goes there. goes way back to the very, very, very beginning of television was a superhero show. But there's just a lot of gaps, you know. Like, well, this you, you almost uh, like go... as good a time as any. Let's go ahead and hear that George Reeve interview you got, Jimmy. Thanks again to you and Bleeding Cool. <laughs> oh, this is George Reeves. Oh, too soon, too soon. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Google George Reeve. If you don't get that joke, it was better than you think. Uh, a trademark here at uh, Saturday Morning Serial. So- that that actually reminds me, though, too, because um, there was a moment. And remember, I was eavesdropping. I was in the Zoom room when Jimmy was doing this interview. The part about when he talks about meeting uh, Christopher Reeve, um, who is my Superman still, I you know, even though, you know, I was a little, little, little tiny kid when they were still making his movies. He's that guy is my he is my Superman. And he had a very important role on the Smallville series. But even bigger than his role was just the fact that he was there. It was like the symbolic kind of passing of the torch from him to Tom Welling. Um, And it was just a really big moment to see that. Um, and kind of how they kind of integrated that and um, you know kind of to see it was just like this kind of acceptance and this this show Did would he go ever on do that for Dean Kane. yes he was uh, on the show too um, and I was kind of getting to that in that like all of these characters that were tied to the Superman you know kind of history would show up on Smallville Margot Kidder had a role um uh Terry Hatcher had a role um uh who played Supergirl I'm spacing it right now friend of the show um Heather Helen, uh, Slater. Hel- Helen Slater had a role on the sh- uh, on the show there was you know they they did a really good job of integrating you know uh, uh Superman pop culture characters and real people into the series so that it just it can just kind of share like in that lineage that goes all the way back to the to the forties to the fifties. Um, it, it was really something else, and it it also really allowed because I didn't really grow up reading the comics. I I watched the movies a lot, and I loved the the Saturday morning cartoons and Super Friends and all that. But I wasn't big in the comics, and seeing Smallville even when I was in my early twenties, I learned a lot about Superman and about the you know all of his like villains and about some of those origins and things like that so it was a real touchstone just for me and my knowledge of superman that i still carry now it was a pretty big deal is that where you learned about lex luther the greatest criminal mind of our time <laughs> I, that's all gene hackman man i just i love gene hackman i mean i just love that but um that can we go back to that moment when they talk about meeting christopher reeve and kind of what he what he told him because i was on that call with you and i remember seeing your face when he starts talking about christopher reeve 
So can you take us back to last year when you were talking to Tom Welling or you were talking to Michael Rosenbaum? Like, how did that feel when he started talking about Christopher Reeve like that? How, how did it feel? Um, yeah, for you. I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing was, the interviewer um, here. It was, it was wild, baby. The thing was, yeah. just to hear, I get, sometimes I get a little... Uh, wrapped up in my fanboyism, right? Like sometimes these these interviews are bigger than me. And that's that's one time. Like to hear those cats talk about Christopher Reeve, yeah, I had to pull myself together. I got all goose nipply and I got I got pretty excited to, you know, <laughs> almost big blubbering tears. Well, I mean yeah, I didn't start saw. audibly crying. I think I kept it together like a professional journalist. But yeah, that's just a cool <laughs> it's just a cool moment to hear that, you know, Again, you know, I share Mark Christopher Reeves is uh, is my Superman as well, and to hear those guys talk about him so favorably, and that he got a, he got to have that really cool moment where he told like I'm getting a little goose nipply now, like he told Superman that <laughs> I'm not Superman, right? That's kind of the fucking onions on that kid, you know. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? That's awesome. <laughs> if Christopher Reeve says right. you're Superman, you're I've Superman. I've waited my whole life to hear yeah, Christopher Reeve tell me I'm Superman, and this guy says I'm not Superman. You, uh, but but that's just. I mean, <laughs> I think uh, I a, think the kids would call that meta, that is right? What a good Clark Kent does. You never get Clark Kent to say I'm Superman. So this mm-hmm. is Tom Welling cat just still in character. Yeah, that's one way yeah, to look at it. I, I guess. think that's. I think that's right on. I think that's right on. And it was. And as far you as know, I know, he goes out at night in a cape and beats up uh, minorities in the inner city. That's, a, that's I, a different superhero. He might take it very far. I don't know. Um, and he, like, there was a cool, really awesome moment after investing 10 years of watching that show. And they literally waited to the very last moment to put him in the blue tights and the cape. It was the final scene. And... It was the final scene. Final shot. And it's him. Um, and a lot of it is like, like they actually kind of tease you with like the CGI kind of version of him. He's kind of flying around and you can see like, you know, it's a little early and it's still TV, you know, but. So you can kind you of know, see the propeller in the back. Yeah, you can kind of see the string kind of holding him up, you know, but, but like it's him like on the roof. And this is like the whole montage, you know, and like the songs kind of playing and it's like the, like the, like John Williams music is kind of thumb It's kind of like in the background, you know? And then he does the thing where he rips open the shirt and he's freaking wearing it, man. And that's the only time he, he really wore it. Cause any, you know, he was kind of flying around earlier for a couple of moments really fast. So it was kind in, of CGI. You couldn't really tell dreams. Of course. Exactly. And then, but finally, he finally gets to wear it. And it was like the last thing you see. And it's just like, wow, you you don't feel like it was such a massive payoff to, to, to be a part of that moment, to watch it live. And back then there wasn't streaming and, you know, all this other stuff. So like, there was like this collective kind of feeling that we were all watching it at the same time that, you know, we don't get that anymore. And um, I, I thought it was really cool. And I remember, I think it was MySpace at the time was kind of going off and Maybe it was Facebook, but like, you know, it was just kind of, you know, it was just going off with everybody just kind of talking about it. And I was just kind of part of that. It was a pretty neat moment. It'll never happen again. Those times are long gone, but it was cool. And and that's a big interview, Jimmy. So, you know, thank you for bringing that to 
to Saturday morning. Hey, Saturday. glad I could share it. Maybe you know, hopefully more people will hear it than just me. Uh, you can, you know, you can check out. You <laughs> yeah. can hear it here, and you can also, you know, if I, you don't mind me plug in the Retro Cool Nerd nope, YouTube channel, you can watch it there, and you can see all the hilarious banter between my good buddies Tom and Mike and myself, Rosie, as I like to call him. And you get to see, uh, and you get to see Rosie's dog because right. he makes an there. appearance uh, in the video. Yep, he kind of rolls. Yeah, that there. one was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, listen, that was that was Smallville. Uh, that's some Superman, but we have more Superman to go. Superman, the animated series, it's something, it's it's available now, the complete series on uh, digital and Blu-ray. It's awesome. Um, I did not watch this when it was originally on TV. Um, and I watched it now. I've watched it since I got it. And man, this show is good. It's really good. Jimmy, I'd love your thoughts on this show. Which show? The 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 one where uh uh uh, uh wing star Tim Daly plays mm-hmm. finally plays someone called Superman and will admit yes. to it. Well, I, yeah. I'm kind of curious what uh what Tim Daly himself has. To, let's hear it from the Krypton's mouth, shall we? Well, yeah, why don't we hear what Jimmy and Tim have to say about Superman the animated series? Let's hear it. Jimmy, Jimmy, do you want to do you want to try again? I think you've got it down now. Why don't you get the uh, magic interview machine? Bring us where we need to be. Magic interview machine, take us up, up and away. Hey, all right, no, you still don't get it. That's all right. I got this magic interview machine. Why don't you give us Tim Daly and Jimmy the Gent Lazinski talking about Superman? Let me first say what a thrill it is to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, big fan of the show for so long. Uh, I do want to start by asking you um, if you could see my uh, studio right now. I'm sitting in front of a huge shrine to the Adam West Batman TV show that I loved growing up as a kid. I'd like to know uh, who did it for you. What superhero or what show set you off when you were a kid? Oh, gosh. I mean... You know, this is going to sound odd. I, I mean, I watched the um, the uh, Steve Reeves Superman, you know, the black and white one when mm-hmm. I was a little kid. And I thought that was, you know, kind of awesome. Um, and I liked that bad, the Adam West Batman. I, I, I liked that, too. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, what a what a transformation Batman has gone through because, that first Batman was, it was wacky. You know, it was like a cart. It was cartoonish. It was kind of over the top. And, and um, there are all these tongue in cheek jokes and Pat Batman has gone very dark over the years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, and psychologically uh, um, uh, kind of dark, but, um, but Superman, you know, remains this sort of, beacon of light and goodness and i i I like that about him and uh as i've been saying to other people i think we need that more than ever at this moment in time uh yeah that batman show was pretty campy and then and as uh warner brothers or dc reacts to the fans they seem to make him darker and darker but superman although they it seems like they attempt to make him darker he remains the bright light if you will a beacon of hope he doesn't the, at least the stories that do go so dark don't seem to resonate as well with fans, right? 
So what's yeah? I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I, I, uh, I was just going to ask about how did you uh, get into this? How did you get cast? I know Andrea Romano had a unique way of casting all the actors back in those days, looking for unfamiliar voices. Uh, were you doing something on Wings? I think there was an overlap at the time. Were you doing something on Wings that got you noticed, that got you into the booth, got you the interview? I, I, I was doing Wings, and um, Chris Lloyd of uh, Modern Family fame, um, his wife was on set, and she, she uh, you know, we were friendly, and she said, hey, how would you like to audition for the voice of Superman? I was like, what? Sure. I had, I didn't really know anything about voice acting or I'd never thought of it. And I, I went in and, um, you know, oddly was offered the part in the room. I, it would just happen very quickly. And I was shocked. I thought it would be a much more extensive, uh, torturous process as most auditions are, mm-hmm. but, um, it happened quickly and, and it was just really thrilling. Well, we've only had before you, there's only, well, there was a handful of live actors. You mentioned George Reeves, Kirk Allen, uh, most notably, of course, Chris Reeves, uh, but for voice actors, we only had Bud Collier on The New Adventures of Superman and Donnie Dark on Super Friends. So who were you basing your Superman on? Who did you use for inspiration for your voicing? I, I used what, what was going on in the script. I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that it's, it's kind of like music, you know, like you hear a lot of music and it, it, if you're composing music, it, it, it affects how you, how you write because some of the things you hear influence you. But I didn't um, go and do a lot of research on what other people did and try to learn from mistakes or copy, uh, you know, the parts that w- worked really well. I just let let it be my Superman and, and saw it as a blank slate. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my friends and I always uh, kind of hypothesized that the Superman voice acting gig, gig is a lot harder than, say, live acting. Because you can go from Clark Kent to Superman just by standing up straight or slouching your shoulders. And uh, Batman voice actors seem to have it a little easier because there's that uh, gravelly tone they can dip into if they need to. How do you approach playing uh, two different voices for the same character, your nuanced performance? Well, honestly, it's really in in the script and um, and it's in the attitude because, you know, Clark is written very differently than Superman. I didn't feel the need to change the voice so much as to uh embrace the attitude um clark is a little more bumbling a little socially awkward he's not the guy who's out there um saving the world and and uh confronting these horrible uh villains he's just as in his description a mild-mannered reporter so um i took that to heart and was uh, hopefully more mild mannered. Uh, he also had that, you know, that nice sort of uh, flirtation with Lois, which is always really fun. Mm-hmm. When uh, I don't know, you go to cons and stuff like that. When you meet fans out in the wild, uh, what does that mean to you when a fan or, or anybody really tells you how much Superman or, or the Superman animated series, how much that means to them? Well, I'm always shocked, first of all, that they um, that they recognize my voice, and 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 pleasantly shocked that it is so meaningful to them. You know, I've admitted in interviews before that I didn't realize 
when I was doing uh, the animated series, how important Superman was, not just to kids for a Saturday morning cartoon, but to adults. Like, like Superman is has you know wheedled his way into uh, at least the American um, sort of uh, collective conscience and. I think he represents something that uh, an anthropologist could probably describe better than me, but there's something in us human beings that longs for the attributes that he has. I mean, almost everybody has had dreams, whether, you know, sleeping dreams or, or active dreams of flying and of having superpowers and of uh, saving people, you know, being, being, uh, being able to be a force of good. And I think that um, it's, gratifying that people are still clinging to that. Um, and, you know, as, as dark as Batman is going, as we said before, you know, Superman is still just uh, a, a, a being who is not vengeful or bitter or angry. He's just trying to help humanity be uh, better. Mm -hmm. Well said. Um, do you have, can you recall back that long, 25 years ago? Do you have any f favorite memories? Of, there was a lot of big-name all-stars uh, that came up in that show along with you. Do you have any favorite memories of recording in the booth with these big names? Um, I, I wouldn't say specifically, but um, it was, you know, it didn't happen all the time. But when the whole cast was together recording, that was really special because it was fun to see everybody um, doing their thing and listen to them. And of course we laughed and, uh, and, you know, kind of gave each other shit. And it was just, that, that was really special. You guys, uh, had a big group or, or occasionally a big crew recording at the same time. Yes, it, it was few and far between, between, but when it did happen, it was really great. Right. That's awesome. Um, you, are intrinsically tied to the Superman character now, uh, much like Chris Reeve and George Reeves. Um, so I'm wondering if you have an opinion. Uh, we talked about Superman evolving. I'm wondering what's your opinion on his new saying of truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Um, I like it. <laughs> I like it because I, I think it, I think it includes, um, you know, it, it, I mean, Superman has expanded beyond the, the borders of, uh, you know, America. And, um, you know, I think he's admired and, and, uh, you know, by a world audience. So I think a better tomorrow is, is a beautiful sentiment and, and perfectly Superman. So I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, I think it fits well. Well, let me, uh, let me get radiated by kryptonite here and bring this flight down. Uh, my last question. When I was a kid, I used to have to get up early to fight my brother for the spot in front of the TVs so I could watch my favorite cartoons. But I'd have to beat my parents to the kitchen to pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness so I could enjoy the day. So, Tim Daly, I'd like to know what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal and what was your favorite cartoon to watch in the morning? Oh, gosh. Um well, you know, I, I mean, I, I will go way back. Mine was probably like Rocky and Bullwinkle, I think, um, or any Bugs Bunny cartoon. I was a real Bugs fan. And um, and nothing beats uh, Captain Crunch, so there yes. was that. Yes, a sweet destruction poison, but of Captain Crunch. Yeah. Yes. Get the sugar, like break up your mouth and get the sugar right into your blood. Tim? That's that's my time. I don't want to override anybody else, so I'm going to say good day to you. I want to thank you for your time, 
And uh, do me a favor, have a, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you, Gary. Uh, Brandon Routh, right? I don't think so. Shilling yet again, Superman comes out as an ad. There was this awesome thing when I would go to my grandmother's house. We would stay there for like the weekend sometimes, you know, and uh, she had, she always had, she always had Superman peanut butter. Did you guys have access to Superman peanut butter? I don't think that's a thing. No, I've never heard of it. I don't know. Really? Jimmy, come on, Superman peanut butter? Yes. Right? It was the best. Like, it was basically like a really super creamy, um, was was Jif peanut butter or was it Gif? (laughs) Nice. Uh, You've been sitting on that one, haven't you? (laughs) Yeah, it was basically a creamier version of Jif. And And it it had Superman on the label. Yeah, it had a Superman label. Yep. Yeah. It, it Superman on. I mean, it didn't. It had no other. It didn't fly. Properties. No, okay. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, yeah, I remember because you know we were really into Superman and and oh my god and then whatever anything had Superman on it we were just all about it and Grandma always had it in her. Um, and this was the stuff uh, all right, with all I'm the oil. I'm getting my mind it. around the fact yeah. that this existed. I can't believe if I. I'm surprised you missed out. I, I really do feel like I missed out. But getting past that, now I'm picturing your grandmother at the store. Like, All right, <laughs> yeah. what do I pick up? Yeah. Oh, and then she would buy which the, peanut butter yeah. do I want? Well, the Superman, Superman. one, of course, Miho. Yeah, Marky likes Superman. Well, what what brand did. would your mom buy? I I don't remember what she bought. I don't remember. I don't, you know, I don't even think that we were really a big peanut butter household. I think, like, the actual peanut butter was a luxury in itself going to my grandmother's house. <laughs> I don't think we had a lot of... The fact that it was yeah. super peanut butter was just... It was just... just Icing oh, on mind, the peanut butter, man. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I did... We did not... We were not a peanut butter and jelly house when we were growing up. We were, like, bean burrito house, you know? Uh. <laughs> that was our peanut butter. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, I... I do. That's a very distinct kind of feeling. Is when you would see that that awesome jar and a Superman was on it. Ah, it was fucking awesome. See, I would. I, I had friends shit. whose whose moms would get the Peter Pan peanut butter, which in my mind there, was the that best was another peanut one. butter ever made. Yeah. But my mom wouldn't get it. So take peanut Peter Pan peanut butter, and then put a Superman label on it. How much better is it immediately? Come on. All right, I got to tell Come you, on. it's better. Come on. It's come on, better. Come on, come it's by it's better by necessity. It's superlative. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, Absolutely. I feel like just recently I heard an interview with Tom, uh, Tim Daly, uh-huh. Tyne Daly's little brother. Uh, for for those IMDb heads, keeping is it score. really? That's it's absolutely that. true. Okay. Uh, also, I gotta say, throughout the interview, it just sounded to me 
like he was Clark Kent. Like if you were interviewing Clark Kent, this is what he would talk like. He was, and no offense to him, but it almost sounded like he was trying to bore me a little bit. Just with this, <laughs> you know, perfect yeah, middle know of the line Midwestern drawl. Yeah. Like he was trying to throw me off the scent that he was Superman a little bit. And also by the end, and maybe I got my own head here, guys tell me if I'm wrong, It he does seem to sound a lot like Christopher Reeves, Clark Kent. Like yeah, his cadence, I, the sound of his voice, and maybe that's what Chris Lloyd's uh, wife picked up on, who said, hey, you should try out for this, mm-hmm. because you're dorky, you're tall and handsome, and you seem and handsome, kind of yeah. shallow, you sound like Chris <laughs> Reeves, boom, go for it. Yeah, I think that's most of the characters that Tim Daly plays. But um, yeah, I think it's I I think you're I think you just freaking nailed it. And it's a really good show. Like I like I just started I just finished it. You're talking about a uh, Superman ago, the animated series. Yeah, so I'm talking about Superman the animated Is series. Is that Staz you know, Staz? Uh, yeah, right, Jimmy? Jimmy. You're you're the expert. I'm looking at here. What? Oh, stop it! It's Bataz and Stas. And I'm I'm putting that out there <laughs> into the world. Yeah, it's Estaz. No. And it has it's just loaded with the I love, absolutely love the animation style that carried over from Batman from from Bitaz, from Batman the animated series, carried over it's the same people, basically. Paul Dano? No, Paul Dino? What's his name? <laughs> Paul Dini and Bruce. Paul Dini. And Bruce Tim, yeah, those guys made Batman the Animated Series, and then they made Superman the Animated Series, and it's it's like a real kind of triangular kind of looking Superman. He's got the really broad shoulders, and it comes down into like his feet is really you know the the freaking three points. He's just really freaking buff. He just the style is amazing, and what I kind of like about it, where Batman the Animated Series kind of gets really kind of gothic. In its like design, this one has a very futuristic kind of look to it. You know, it's like a world of tomorrow. Like all the cars almost look like they could hover. You know, and like the cities have a lot of kind of round domes and structures like that. Like they did a great job of just kind of making it timeless. You know, um, yeah. Bruce really Tim, good show. Bruce Tim was originally going to base it sort of off of the Fleischer Studios cartoon, like he did with the. Uh, the Betas had touches of that f- from, you know, that's kind of what Batman was based on, the original drawings. But he decided he didn't want to um, compete with the perfection of the past. So he developed this aesthetic that he called the um, Ocean Liner Art Deco, mm. which was more in line with Superman's character, according I to think, him. Yeah, I think it nailed it. And one of the best parts about it is that there's a lot of Brainiac and that's one of the characters as great a character as Lex Luthor is. He has been touched on so much. And we're about to talk to Clancy Brown here about it because he's one of the best Lex Luthers. But there's something about Brainiac. And I think a lot of production studios, a lot of television studios, they kind of don't know how to really approach that character yet. We, I can't wait until they do finally put him like on the big screen, but the the Superman the animated series absolutely nails 
the Brainiac character. Well, shit, I'm excited, um, man. Let's listen to this interview we got with Brainiac. We don't Jimmy, have an interview with Brainiac, but we do have an interview with... But you're saying we got Brown. Clancy Brown. Yep, another Lex Luthor. I love it. Superman, I'm glad we saved Lex him for Luthor. the end. Now, this guy is pure burning ice on the ears. His voice is mm-hmm. uh, just... Mm. God, you... Carmely. Any, mm. any role he takes, you know he's in. It's like a James Earl Jones jones level <laughs> joins yeah, james too. earl Jones yeah. isn't bad but he isn't quite james earl jones i always I thought know. of him as a knockoff james earl jones Poor <laughs> yeah and it's and that's that's a compliment you know really it's that's awesome uh, yeah he's got a great voice and the character of lex Luthor and batman the animated series is awesome i cannot wait to hear this interview that I have not even heard before, so I can't wait. Oh, buckle up. Buckle up for what, Jimmy? The magic interview machine is going to take us away to the interview with Lex Luthor, Clancy Brown. Oh, man, that's not going to take flight. I, yeah, a little more oomph, and I think you've got this one. Come on, Jimmy, where are we going? Magic interview machine, take us away to the Clancy Brown interview. Jimmy. Oui, bonjour, mon ami. Bonjour. <laughs> I was going to tell Jimmy, and he went with it, but uh, you wanted to do the whole, interme- the whole interview in French. Ooh. Ah, je peux pas? Je peux français? Ooh. Uh, vous parlez français? Oh. Je ne peux pas. Je ne peux pas. No. Desperately <laughs> digging into my high school French, but uh, that's all. I, 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 I saw. Uh, that, that'll be me too. High school I've French. Messed it up. I, I can read a menu. That's about all I got. Right. <laughs> yes. All yeah. you need to know is ça va and d'accord. Ça va, ça va, d'accord, d'accord. Merci, oh, merci. Okay. See, I go with all I need to know is crepe, but that's just me. That's great. Uh, yeah. Jimmy and Clancy, I'm going to mute myself. You guys chat away. Thank you, Gary. Alrighty. Clancy Brown, what a thrill. How are you doing today, sir? Good. How you been? I'm, I've been pretty good. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, look- I'm a little bummed at the Dodgers, I have to tell you. Oh, well, yeah. You, you and Gary got something to commiserate about. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. And we will. Uh, I look at my shelf and I see I see not nothing but you, but a lot of you: Sergeant Jim, Mister Krabs, Red Death, Captain Hadley, uh, Kurgan, all the way back to Rawhide versus the Electroids from the Eighth Dimension. But we—that's <laughs> a good title. Yeah, that's a great title. That's what that. we always call it. Me and my friends always call it. Um, okay. We're going to talk about the 25-year anniversary of Superman: The Animated Series, where you play Lex Luthor. At the time, you there weren't a lot of voice actors that had played him before you. You had Jason Beck and the New Adventures of Superman, Michael Bell and Stan Jones on Super Friends. So can you remember 25 years ago, what were you tapping into? Or who did you base your performance on of Lex oh, Luthor? Oh, mine was definitely, mine was definitely Stan Jones. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Michael Bell, I guess. I didn't realize Michael Bell had done it. He's, you know, he's a friend. Oh. I had no idea that he would be, that he had done it. Um, but yeah, it was it was always Stan Jones was kind of the big voice that I remember. And it was mostly the look with the voice. Yeah. So that was sort of that was sort of what I recall. 
Yeah. I wasn't really thinking about Gene Hackman. I can't. I'm not as good an actor as Gene Hackman, so I could never be. Could never be that. But I was new to voiceover, and I really wanted to do it. And um, I, I mean, I really wanted to do the discipline of voiceover. And then this thing happened along, and they were kind of casting outside the box, trying to, you know, get some get some non voiceover actors to act. And so they got. I, at that point, I was a non-voiceover actor and happy to do it. And now they've completely sucked me in and taken over my brain. Mm -hmm. Voiceover world. Yeah, you seem to be making a little bit of a living doing that, among other things. You, yeah, you know, yeah, you mentioned you, you're so, not as good as Gene Hackman, but you you are as as tied to this character as Gene Hackman is now, and and you inspire other people's performances. Uh, uh, based nice. off of what you did, yeah. So, aside from a paying gig, what do you think draws you to this character? Oh well, I mean, what draws me to the character? What 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 kept me so interested in the character was um, was just the writing. The writing of that show was so good. The writing of that whole sort of uh, era of Superman animation was just so terrific. From Superman, the animated series, and Batman, all the you know, back to Batman to through to uh, 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 Justice League Unlimited. I mean, it, the, the writing is just so good. Mm -hmm. The writing was just so good. Uh, and if if it had been dumb, it would have been easier not to be invested in and not to care what kind of a job you did. But when the writing is as good as that, you kind of have to. You're gonna have to up your game, and then when you got people like Andrea uh, riding herd on you, mm -hmm. and then you walk into a room and there's, you know, Malcolm McDowell and uh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. and you know Mark Hamill and Olivia Hussey and all you know all the people that they got to do this. I mean, it, it's just kind of a, a a hall of fame, I think of. of character actors and, and not character actors and you know stars and stuff so you know you kind of had to kind of had to take it seriously you kind of had to uh you know be on your game when you walked in the door but it's easy to do that when you're when that writing is as good as it is mm -hmm. uh, that's what really i think attracted everybody that sounds like a big hollywood party uh the the, the you mentioned the writing at that's alan well, burnett like that yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't wasn't always that way, but you know there was, there was certainly a lot of certainly a lot of familiar faces in those rooms when we were recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Burnett for crying out loud, he's just Lex. Yeah. Lex is He'll be the buried, buried in all of his enemies. <laughs> right, should be so lucky. I should be so lucky. Um, Lex is the most uh, dangerously intelligent man on the planet. So what's his deal? Why does he hate Superman so much? Why do you say dangerously? Just the most intelligent man on the planet. <laughs> I, or, although, although I guess intelligence can be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, why does he hate Superman so much? Yeah, that's a good question, and it's a different answer from uh, now than it, it would be a different answer now than it was back then. Um, you know, in the first episode, he tried to convince Superman to join him. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I think, you know, there's something missing in, in Lex 
something that drives him and um, uh, something that has that has caused him to make those compromises. But I also think he he thinks that he's the solution to all the problems somehow. Um, and then this alien shows up from another planet who just who just follows the straight and narrow path and doesn't have any time for any for any uh, um, compromise or nuance or anything about that. If you're either good or you're bad, and I mean he does, but sure. uh, but not the way Lex thinks about it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I it's I, I don't know. It's an interesting character, Lex Luthor, over the years. You know, he started out just as like a criminal boss, and you know now he becomes like uh, Mark Zuckerberg or whatever the guy <laughs> for Facebook is. He's becomes mm-hmm. you know becomes that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of this subtle, subtle manipulator of capitalism. The, the king of peak capitalism right i mean just just an interesting yeah yeah interesting transition interesting evolution of superman too right 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 did that the characters did evolve over the the, over the superman the animated series over uh justice league justice league unlimited um do you have a a favorite lex moment from any of those shows i'd have to have to go back and watch them um there's a few that stick out in my mind, which is the the first moment when when uh, Lex is trying to uh, trying to recruit Superman, where he thinks he can recruit Superman, and is in there. You know, Superman is floating outside his his office, and Lex makes his pitch for them to join forces, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when he realizes he can't he can't touch this guy, <laughs> which is maybe that's why he hates him so much is he, you know, he can't, he can't control him. Yeah. Uh, so that's a favorite moment. And yeah, there's, there's lots of them. There's the, you know, the great brain robbery from uh, justice league. That was a lot of fun yeah. to do with Michael Rosenbaum. And, but I have to go back and watch them. all. I haven't, I haven't watched them all in a while. So, right. uh, do you? I, Sorry about that. No, that probably should be better prepared for no. this interview. <laughs> I, I dig it, man. That's I, I, it's great. Do you think? Uh, I, I realize it's a bit of a stretch, but do you think there's any ca- comparison between uh, Mr. Krabs and Lex Luthor? Ah, interesting. I, just the you know, Mr. Krabs is a different sort of manifestation of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> He's sort of the the adorable small businessman. He, I don't think Mr. Krabs wants to take over the world. That's that's Plankton. Plankton wants to take over the world. So uh, Mr. Uh, Lex Luthor is more Plankton than he is Mr. Krabs. All Krabs cares about is making money, and you know, just from a penny to a twenty to a you know fifty, he's he, you know, he, right. As long as he has more money in his pocket, he's fine. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't. He has no ambition to take over the world. I take it. Do you, um, I'm getting. I don't, I don't think Lex cares that much about money. Do you think? Do you get? Do you ever get? Did you ever get the impression that he cares about money? Well, I kind of get the impression that he has so much of it that it's not a concern. You know, like right. But he never. Yeah. But he never obsesses about cost, or, or he never obsesses about you know 
right. making the big deal. He or, just has it, mm-hmm. right? And and his the, his goals are bigger. His goals are power and control and all those things, right? Right, right. The center of the universe, right? So, right. Moved past the the need for material things. It's all right, about right. power, control. Um, my my window's getting a little narrow here, so let me uh, on my way out the door. Let me. I want to ask you, as a as a young man, I used to have to get up early on Saturday mornings to beat my brother to the couch so I could get my good spot in front of the TV to watch Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons. But I'd have to get up a little earlier than that so I could run into the kitchen and beat my parents so I could pour a big bowl of sugary goodness to enjoy the day. So, Clancy Brown, I'd like to know, what's your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal, and what was your favorite cartoons to watch? Oh, goodness. I was definitely a Bugs Bunny guy. <laughs> I was, uh, uh, you know, this is it. That was the Bugs Bunny uh, Daffy Duck show. Uh, sugary goodness, goodness, that's... I don't know. I probably uh, 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 Frosted Flakes. Yeah, probably Frosted Flakes. That was a Kellogg's guy. I think that's Kellogg's, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Frosted Kellogg's Frosted, Frosted Flakes. Flakes. Yeah. Keep you regular. They're great. They're great. <laughs> They're great. And I'm and I'm betting Frosted Flakes is the way you got that gravelly voice. Yeah. Love Cheerios too, though. I love Cheerios. Mm, a lot of dry cereal. That's why I have such good blood pressure. <laughs> That's great. Clancy, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Do me a favor. Have a great day, and I'll see you you on the other side. You bet, man. See you. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Jimmy. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the battle of the superpower. I screwed up the fucking YouTube. Do this again. Yeah, yeah. Just keep recording. (laughs) <laughs> All right, here we go. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the battle of the superpowers collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite, or the Supermobile with those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate Ram. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Uh, you guys heard right. There was actually toys. These are, these are uh, Superpowers toys. And Superman had a vehicle. Why it, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, and you guys couldn't watch it, but it's because Lex Luthor has a kryptonite vehicle. So Superman can't fight Lex Luthor in a kryptonite vehicle because the kryptonite vehicle would kill Superman. So Superman needs a vehicle to fight Lex Luthor's vehicle. Wait, so Superman's vehicle, and I apologize to the viewers or listeners and myself for getting sucked down here, but so <laughs> Superman has some sort of kryptonite shield on yes. his vehicle? If you guys were listening, it says there's a deflector built into the Superman vehicle, and it actually, like, when you push a button, it pops out. So it's like the like the nose of the plane pops out. It's like this, I think it's supposed to, like, look like mirrors or something, so when the, when the, when the, when the kryptonite rays come out of the Lex Luthor ship, it gets, I don't it know, deflects. absorbed or reflects. Yeah, it deflects. It's, yeah. It's a, 
and also, I swear, it sounded like they said the penguin was somehow involved. Yeah, there was uh, there was a whole bunch of other. You know, if you guys ever watch, I think one this of my is favorite. another another thing like uh, Smallville, where they developed it for Batman at last second. Uh, <laughs> they just dumped it. <laughs> had to put Man of Steel in there. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome back, everybody. Yeah, that was uh, Quincy. Clancy. Clancy. I keep yeah. trying to... You know, I have a feeling his real name is something like uh, Rock Flintard or something <laughs> yeah. like... And he walked into his first meeting with his agent with that super gravelly voice. And yeah. he said, you know what? we got to soften you. Your new name, kid, it's Clancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it was like Leather Motorcycle was his name. <laughs> <laughs> really had to like soften this a little bit. <laughs> Steppenwolf Q Gunpowder. No, yeah. we're going to call you Clancy Brown. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, anyway, yeah, the guy who just is, it, it was even coming through over a phone line translated by mm-hmm. probably Zoom or something and then once more encoded into this podcast you heard and then just destroyed by blog talk most likely but it was probably <laughs> still coming through that that guy's voice is just ooh it's, it's i mean beautiful. it's it's mm. the tone and timber of when you meet a new very large dog and all of a sudden its tail stops wagging yeah it's, and it goes still it's that yeah. kind of yeah it's it's kind of what a tree sounds like when there's no one in the woods but like it's falling down. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. it, it, it answers anyway. all the. Yeah, it answers all the questions. Uh, he's yeah. got just the most amazing voice. Now, Jimmy, uh, you watch the Superman animated series, right? That is correct, sir. All right. Now, Stalls, and this is. Right? Um, I'm going to ask this with all earnestness and and sincerity, and I just want to know what you think. But is the Lex Luthor in the Batman the animated series? Is he black? Uh, not to my knowledge. I mean, I'm, 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 it's pretty sure it's the same one. It's still really? Clancy Brown. I mean, no, I know, I know the, I know the actor is, but I'm saying if you look at the animated series, the actor himself, um, is or the character. You mean, I'm sorry. You mean the, the animated depiction? Yeah. The actual animated, yeah. The actual character choices in, um, you know, in his features, in his coloring, and then you, you kind of strap in there that Clancy Brown voice. I mean, I don't know. I think he's black. I think he's a black character. Uh, and well, you know, to be honest, Mark, I I just kind of enjoyed the show. I don't really see color. In, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but I never thought of that. I in, he, um, I guess you could see that if if you're looking to make divides. But <laughs> I never, I never. I, Honestly, I never thought that. I never thought of him as one way or another, really. It never occurred. Uh-huh. That, that hey, never know, had occurred to me. <clears throat> I've well, got I, a question for both of you. Uh, I know you guys have both seen this series, but also you just know a lot of Superman, Lex Luthor. Uh, and since we've been talking so much about him, I want to address their relationship. And I feel like especially because this last interview, kudos again, Jimmy. Great yeah. talk with him. Because you got, it was so much about the character of Lex yeah. Luthor, which honestly is, uh, as is the case all the time, the villain is more interesting than the hero. And Lex Luthor is Superman arch nemesis number one. Yep. Uh, right. And it's, 
like it almost seems like if Superman is a god here on Earth, then Lex was Lucifer. It's just a very, you know, he's an angel in the fact that he is driven. He's apparently some sort of super scientist. He's incredibly good with money or comes from money. Uh, and they were together and then had a disagreement and they was cast out like on a very personal level. That, and uh, he heavy, creates, though. he's the head of it. He is the, the fallen angel. And Superman is always going to be God, so Lucifer can never quite win. Uh, and and he always wants disgust. to join him. He always wants to join Superman in the like up in the sky. He wants to, and perhaps yeah, he wants to get back to, back to when they were yeah. together. And he was like, "You you make me whole. I I don't want to get too deep into that. Although I fear I might have. <clears throat> but also the other point he brought up, and and tell me if I'm wrong. This one tracks all the way through. Is that Lex Luthor to make up for the fact he's not from Krypton? He can't fly, has no heat vision, just gets regular ass boners. But <laughs> he always, it's, he is a capitalistic monster. And he, for some reason, always has steady income. Even Gene Hackman was basically his Lex Luthor was just a really scummy real Tycoon. estate agent. Yeah, yeah. Who said, yeah. you know what? Let's make more land. Yeah. So I can sell more real estate, and it was kind of driven by money, but, but also well, the need also, to translate that also, money into power. It's a it's all part of a of a god com, it's a god complex, right? Because Luther says in the in the Superman movie, God ain't making any more of it, right? Mm -hmm. So he's going to go and make more of it. You know, and, Jimmy, yeah. we're talking about the greatest criminal mind. Of all time. Uh, so if you want to, if you want to jump in here, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on this. My thoughts on Lex Luthor is, um, yeah, I, I had never thought about that uh, that God and devil aspect, but that I, and that's kind of rolling around in my head as you're saying it. That's a pretty interesting take on it. But yeah, I you know the, there's many versions incarnations of Lex Luthor, and I you know the one that sticks with me is is he just hates Superman because he's an alien. And uh, but all that stuff that you pointed out, like he wants to be with him and he's mad at him because he can't be with him. And because he and like as Clancy Brown pointed out, he snubbed him. So now he wants to take him down. Right. Yeah. And that that's that's really interesting. I'd never thought about that before. The whole God, God stuff. But yeah. Uh, well, I feel like, well, one of us have just earlier in the show tried to do equate him to Jesus. That was Superman. Right? Isn't Superman Jesus? Jeebus? No, yeah. Moses. No, I yeah. said Moses. Well, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. not Lex yeah. Luthor, but still, I mean, there's definitely some archetypical. Oh, man, I shouldn't have said archetypical. Now, if, yeah, now, that's now a whole we're just going to go downhill from this pseudo intellectual. <laughs> I do think that. Um, we did sound I do smart think for that, a second. I do now, think Lex. Dangerous. I do think that Lex does represent the human condition when it comes to Superman. Uh, Lex is jealous and he's mortal and, you know, he's on Earth and Superman is this being from the sky with power. Um, and, and he could just, and he just wants to, he wants to, he wants to have it. He wants to replicate it. And, and if he, he can't just, have he it, can then nobody can. He's not even going to exactly. let Superman have it, right? Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, he, he actually sees Superman as somebody who is selfish. 
that he doesn't want to share his power with humanity. He also, uh, I'll say this for him, he's pragmatic enough that even though he wants it enough, he has never, you know, and this is a, a common mistake so many comic book villains make, is he never developed a serum to give him Superman powers and tested himself, never got into gamma rays. Well, that's you not know, true. He is, he is literally tried to... Uh, <laughs> if you watch the Batman the Animated Series, got, that's how close, we get... That's, he yeah. got close in that episode that he mentions, the great brain robbery, where he switches bodies with um, the Flash, right? And he has that... He's, he realizes he's the Flash, he does a bunch of stuff, and then he's like, wait a minute, who am I? And he runs to a mirror, and he takes off his mask, and he goes, who is this? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's a really funny moment. He's like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, he's Superman, big dick, and the rest of DC. Yeah, kind of. But in the he, in the comics, he does, and in uh, I don't I don't remember him doing it that much in in the Bruce Tim verse, right? But he does have his power suit that he like you mm-hmm. know that's uh, powered by Krypton uh, right. by Kryptonite. <clears throat> I will. Well, I guess then I'll amend it to say that <clears throat> the default Lex Luthor is not you know greatest criminal mind of our time greatest criminal and that is his big thing he is not by default enhanced by computers uh ancient serums uh ninja training uh anything else other than just consuming jealousy and hatred mm-hmm. of superman bordering on closeted homosexual attraction and there we go we'll end it there what do you say is that about enough of this <laughs> it's close to enough. But w- did, wasn't there some? Uh, You're like backing out of this conversation. Wasn't there some uh, serial news that recently came out? Oh, <laughs> not, yeah, that's true. I feel I, like it bears mentioning, especially because Michael Rosenbaum, at least, who, as I recall in the interview, he answered your question, Jimmy, with about uh, 19 different serials. Right. But one of them one we of mentioned. Them was Lucky Charms. Oh, so our yeah. listeners out there, we're looking out for you. A little PSA. Uh, it did hit the news in... I read it in... Uh, and it hit the know, poll. The New York Times, Washington Post, something like that, I'm sure. You're saying we got scooped? But we've, we were always getting scooped. <laughs> Two it's scoops. The only way we stay is to... The Post? Two scoops behind. The, the Post and, the, and the, the New York Times beat us to it. That's two scoops. Ah. Took me a minute, but I got there. That's right. That's a that's a raisin brand commercial. Which... All right. So what's the news? I'm dying here. Oh, uh, oh. I mean, not to make too big a deal of it, but uh, if you are eating Lucky Charms right now, you could be putting poison in your bowl. Ooh. Details at eleven. <laughs> and the other bowl. And the toilet bowl. <laughs> And now, yeah. that's anyway, apparently the FDA has, and you can look this up. This is real. So be careful if you've got Lucky Charms. Uh, eat them sparingly. But apparently the FDA has opened an investigation based on enough complaints from enough online sources that uh, Lucky Charms has been making people sick for the last three or four months. Uh, and that's in, that's in addition to the diabetes. It is in addition to the diabetes. Uh, and I, I think I speak for all of us that if Lucky Charms comes back and says, uh, no, 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 everything's fine, that really means that diarrhea is a feature, not a bug. And we shouldn't be happy with that. <laughs> well, you got to lose weight somehow. I, 
I think that's kind of the way to go. And you know, I just think this is a <laughs> this is a general commentary. <laughs> you got to lose weight somehow. You know what? Folks, yeah. And if you're yeah. listening, I'm at home. 195, <laughs> but uh, I got at least 12 pounds of marshmallow weight. This is a general commentary. Is that you just don't get good cereal news these days? It's all bad news. <laughs> I, and that that makes me sad, which is why we're glad that we have this kind of tradition. Uh, that where where we ask guests to look to a fonder time when you got to the when the the house was all yours your parents were asleep you didn't have school you were too young to go to work and all you had was saturday morning tv and a bowl of sugary goodness that didn't send you into a diabetic coma and i just Thank God that we <laughs> that we can celebrate that and and look at the bright side. There is good serial news, and that's what you remember fondly. Actually, looking back now that I think about it, I, it was a huge sugar crash, which is kind of a diabetic coma. Mm-hmm. And I do think I spent a lot of Saturday afternoons with some crazy diarrhea. Yeah, but that was that was not connected to the cereal. Mm, I got a feeling we're. We, we're, we're just about 30 years too late making this complaint. But that's all right. I accept it as it is. Nowadays, you know what I've been you know what I've been eating? And I'll say this before it really is enough of this, but I've been eating Sprouts brand cornflakes. They're very good. And I'm had, enjoying yeah, that yep. just by itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a very Not even sugar added. cereal palate, but I do I do still, you know, there's always like a like a really good for you cereal, and then I have a nice box of some really awesome sugar. And I now I don't unfortunately I don't get up on Saturday mornings to eat my sugary cereal, but oh man, at night every once in a while, God, I love that late night bowl of sugar cereal. And oh. you, you knock that down, you go to sleep. Mm. Isn't that mm. nice? Mm. Well, you know what? I feel like even though, and I swear this is about to end, but I think we owe it now to Jimmy. We've heard him ask so many people, especially just in this episode alone. We should ask him, hey, Jimmy, uh, back when I was a kid, I'd fight with my brother for a spot on the couch uh, to watch some cartoons on Saturday morning. But first, we would uh, have to fill up our bowl with some sugary goodness to get us through the day. Let me ask you, what's your favorite sugary goodness cereal and or cartoon? I was a big fan as a kid. I think my favorite was the um, Fruity Pebbles. But but the the I would point out the clock is ticking because it's a very it's very thin product. Yeah, it gets mushy and it quick. It gets mushy yeah. quick. So if if you don't eat it fast, it's like a LSD oatmeal, right? And God forbid, <laughs> God forbid, you like keep one of those very brightly colored piece of fruity pebbles mush like after it dries right and sticks and to you the basically bowl. have to smash the bowl into a million pieces to get that thing off because right. you're, you're never getting that off might as well like, throw the yeah. yeah throw the yeah. bowl away yeah I, that's the thing about uh, crisp rice structure it has so many delicate pores that as soon as it yes. gets wet and then dries onto a, a, a non-porous surface. Ooh, that's it. It is on there like a barnacle. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'm going to go to, for what I watched in the mornings, I remember finally watching the Banana Splits that had a bunch of different shows on it, like Ultra Woman and Dinah Girl. And um, 
Captain Cool and the Gang, and I also liked Hong Kong Fui. I don't know if you kids remember any of you folks that on listening on watching at home remember any of the, any of those shows. But uh, and Scooby Doo, of course, when Batman and Robin was on there, that was one of my. I think it was Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts at that time. Mm. But thanks for asking, Dan. That's very nice. Well, I thought you should have your say. But now that we've heard it, that's enough of this, right? That's enough of this. Let's get out of here. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.